0: Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Arash Masoudi, Corporate Finance and Deals Editor, and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. South Africa's largest media group, once reviled for its associations with apartheid, has grown by stealth into the continent's biggest company by market value. With me to discuss how it did this, and why the company is planning to list its tech assets on the Amsterdam Bourse, is our South Africa correspondent, Joseph Cotterell. Joseph, what is Naspers? And can you tell us a bit about its portfolio? Sure, Naspers is Africa's biggest company
1: by market capitalization. It's worth about $100 billion, give or take, because of one asset in particular. It owns about one third of Tencent, the Asian tech giant. That stake itself is worth $133 billion, give or take a billion. There is a discrepancy there between the 100 billion and the 133 billion, which we'll probably get to. But what is NASPERS today? It is a global internet empire built on the value of that stake, which NASPERS has acquired in 2001 for 32 million dollars, which makes that deal probably one of the best in technology investing history. Very few deals come close. Probably the closest is Alibaba which was similarly invested in by SoftBank. NASPIS has been a soar-away success because of the rise of Tencent. Tencent has become a giant in gaming, WeChat, social networking, increasingly payments. NASPIS has ridden that wave and has used the cash from Tencent and also the ideas from Tencent to become a consumer internet giant in its own right. It invests in Brazilian food delivery, Indian online payments, Russian classifieds. It owns the leader in each of those markets I've mentioned. It is looking for consumer internet businesses all around the world. So it's doing deals all the time. Lots of them are in emerging markets, but not always. Sometimes it does look at US and
0: European markets. It's very diverse, but it is built on cash from Tencent. What's Nasper's origins? What's the background to this company?
1: NASPERS was founded in 1915 and if you go to the NASPERS website it won't tell you that much about what took place then. It will just mention that in 1915 a Dutch language newspaper was founded in Stellenbosch, a town near Cape Town and it leaves it at that and then the next date on the NASPERS timeline is in the 1980s when Koos Becker, the man who would make that investment in Tencent decided to move the company into pay TV. So there's a bit of an absence there. So NASPERS began life as a publisher with that one newspaper, but that was the beginning of a very political relationship with what would, in time, become South Africa's ruling party during apartheid, the national party. NASPERS itself is a shortening of the company's original Afrikaans name, Nacionales Pairs, I hope I pronounced that right, but it effectively means national press. From the very beginning, NASPERS was founded to spread the message of the National Party, which was effectively to advocate white minority rule, and in particular, minority rule by the country's Africana population.
0: And what role did media play during the apartheid era?
1: So apartheid was formally set up in 1948, when the National Party took power in its own right. So from that point onward, NASDAQ's publications were supporting the legislation the policies that created segregation between blacks and whites. It's not a pretty story. Nasper's publications, to some extent, were quote-unquote enlightened critics of the apartheid regime. You know, over time, they advocated for policies that would consolidate white minority rule, but might be a bit nicer than what the hardliners were proposing. But the reality was continuing support of oppression of the black majority. So right to the... End of apartheid in 1994, which is when Naspers actually listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. There was a great deal of controversy about how or if Naspers would atone for what it did. Did the company do anything to make reparations at that point? Naspers and the Afrikaans media as a whole never officially went before the post-apartheid Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which looked into the legacy of apartheid and asked various institutions to account for their role, and propping up white minority rule, individual Nasmeer's journalists did, but not the company itself. It would not apologise for its role in apartheid until twenty fifteen, which was the centenary of the company's founding. By that point, Nasmeer's was a completely different company, even to the company that had listed in nineteen ninety four, or the company a decade previous to that, which had gone into pay TV under Kuzbecker and had really begun that corporate transformation away from publishing and newspapers to take one example multi-choice which is the pay tv arm which has now been spun off by naspers but at the time was a real driver of cash flow for the company naspers created what is known in south africa as an empowerment scheme to allow black south african shareholders to receive help in buying shares and choices Empowerment Scheme has been one of the most successful of its peers. It's returned about 17 times the original investment for shareholders since it was begun in 2006. So in that sense, that is economic reparations. The face of NASPERS itself is very different for its South African assets. NASPERS has its first black female chief executive. So it is committing to transformation in that way as well. Now, because of NASPA's history, there remain many black South Africans who feel you know, this is still not a company that represents us. But that may speak not to NASPA's, but to the wider inequality in the South African economy, which makes it difficult for black South Africans to have assets and to have savings. So that is a factor in, I guess, what you could call the transformation journey that NASPA's and other
0: South African companies still have to make. And how is the company seen today?
1: It is seen as the darling of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. It is almost 25% of the shareholder-weighted Johannesburg Stock Index. And that shareholding in Tencent has also created this discount issue. And this leads us on to why is the company doing this transaction in Europe. And so tell us, why has it been undervalued? There are competing theories one is very simple. Naspers is a holding company for various assets. Lots of holding companies around the world get conglomerate discounts. And this is a structural issue. The company, as it has argued the case for this listing in Europe, has said, well, it is literally too big for the Johannesburg market these days. So its listing of the company in Europe, which will be called Prosus or Latin for forward, is meant to address this. Prosus, when it lists, will contain the 10 cents day, other international internet investments Nasdaq will own about 75 percent of Prosys, so 25 percent will be offered to you know either Nasdaq shareholders as they are or to new investors so it's hoping to reduce that size issue in its home market as a way to reduce the discount you know so many european investors will buy Prosys that the discount will reduce over time
0: and it'll be Europe's largest IPO by Widemark this year? By some distance, just because of the value of Tencent. It is so huge. And with respect to the offering, what do analysts say about the likely success of it?
1: There is a debate about how far process will be able to resolve concerns about NASP's control structure. It has a dual class share structure, like many media companies around the world. NASPAS, however, is unusually unequal in how that structure works. So there are A shares and N shares. The A shares, the super-voting shares, have 1,000 votes each. So it's about 100 times more powerful than the shares Mark Zuckerberg uses to control Facebook, for example. If Nasdaq's stake in Process ever falls below 50%, Process will replicate that super-voting structure. That's why it's listing in Amsterdam, because Amsterdam is one of the very few venues where that kind of structure would be allowed. Some shareholders say this structure would prevent shareholders applying the brakes if NASPERS was ever to make poor investment choices with the cash being thrown off by 10 cent. You know, that there could never be an opportunity for an activist to come in and tell the company to clear up this act. NASPERS argues the structure does not affect operations or investment in any way. It's designed only to avoid a hostile takeover, and they need to avert. That scenario, because of its relationships with regulators around the world, given the kinds of business they're in, you know, payments, media, can be sensitive assets. Also, it is widely believed that the control structure still exists because the Chinese government would never be pleased if that sizable chunk of Tencent, one of the country's most valuable companies, could ever be subject to hostile takeover. Very happy for NASPERS to own it, but on condition of that control structure.
0: Okay, and let's imagine that the listing goes really well in Europe. What's left of NASPERS in South Africa? What's in its portfolio? And does the listing imply that there will be less focus or less investment in its home market?
1: First thing to make clear is that NASPERS South African assets will be held by NASPERS, not by process. So they will remain within the ultimate parent holding company. Those assets include the South African newspapers, but also interesting internet assets in their own right, such as Take Lot, which is South Africa's answer to Amazon. However, naspers will also own this significant stake in Prozis. If the transaction goes well and it does materially reduce the discount, billions of dollars of value would be created for South African shareholders. And that includes investors such as South Africa's Public Investment Corporation, which manages assets on behalf of the government employee pension fund. So that would be a big benefit to pensioners. So a lot is riding on the success of process in being able to reduce this discount, create more value and ultimately boost the assets of South African government pensioners as well as other pension funds.
0: Thanks, Joseph. And thanks for listening.